Oh, uh, where is I need to I need to reset everything because it's does it, it's not blurring my backgrounds. That's okay. It's like not that it's not bad. So it looks fine. See? Yeah, see, advertise your your shop. It does this is the office though. It's not the freaking shop. Alright, well, whatever. Well, they're gonna see that and they're gonna probably wanna know what that is and look it up. So Wait, is it a video podcast? I thought we were doing a, the audio podcast. Is it a video podcast though? It's a video one, yeah. I'm gonna have to cover my face. Oh, too late to hurt. He just just they saw your face already. No, you saw nothing. Yeah, too late. They saw our ugly faces already. Oh no, it's all over. (laughs) I'll backtrace where we are. Okay, so um, how do you? How yeah? You didn't tell me last time if you do like some kind of weird intro thing for your podcasts. I want to do that later. I'll do that separately. Okay, so we're just yeah. jumping into conversation. Or since you are the host, um, please, please kick us off. Yeah, so same. So pretty much like what I told you the other day at work. So oh, I, yeah. I know it was like last minute. I actually originally was going to do it myself, just by myself. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, maybe I should ask Darren. He'll probably has a bunch of stuff to want to chime in on. Oh, 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 her because because it's because as I have my my significant other is an artist, so she'd obviously like have very strong feelings about this. Yeah, see, that's why even more so. Did you ask her about anything? I asked her. She wa- She was wondering. Oh, what the hell happened? God okay. dang it! I switched cameras again. God. Yeah. Now nobody will know who I am. <laughs> no. What the fuck is it doing? This is you could not connect to your selected camera, please. Oh my god. A minute while I rig this oh, rig it up in a different fashion so hopefully it does not crash next time. Okay, there we go. Oh, why is it? Oh my god, hell's wrong with all the wires. Are you using your laptop? Yeah, but then the laptop camera that I usually use is. Video. Let's turn it back on. There we go. Okay. So. Oh, it's like super zoomed in. <laughs> the... I just move, squat a little bit back away from the camera. From the camera. Okay. So, um, yeah, she so she had like a few. You know, her thing was more like um, her. I guess she has some. I feel like some things overlap with you. Other things is more like situational, depending on um, like if we're at a convention or whatnot, because. That's usually where things tend to get more problematic if people don't know how to approach artists in, like, in the time span of, like, you know, it's like you're three days you get to see, you know, these artists. You don't want to ask them the wrong question or give them very dumb things to, like, think about, like, when they're doing their year commissions. So, but let's start off with you. <laughs> like, what, what are some of the things that, you, what is it, some of the dumbest things that you've he- ever heard that, like, people ask you about, like, um, to do as an artist? Um, when I first started, I used to always get a lot, and from people at work, they'll ask, um, ask for like discounts or bundle deals. Ah, I see, see. So like for me personally, I wouldn't ask somebody for for that kind of thing. If, yeah. If they're charging twenty dollars, then obviously, 
knowing what I know, what goes into it, obviously yeah. they're paying twenty dollars or whatever for a reason. Yeah. I'd say, well, I'm not gonna, you know, oh, twenty dollars. Can you give me for like fifteen or you know whatever? Yeah, like for like I feel like if if anything, the only time they should ever come into question if you're gonna give them a, if they want a discount is if they're buying like in bulk, like they're yeah. buying a lot of it. That where it's like, I feel like that in that sense, it's not as egregious as like just eight, ask me straight up for a discount. That was actually one of the things that um that came up in our stuff, in our questions. Uh, uh, yeah, leading into the next one, um, uh, one of the questions, will you donate slash work for free? No, you don't ever ask an artist if they're gonna do that. Only if like they're like on like top of their stuff, you know, they're making so much money than you even think about asking them something like that. But for all us, all the lowly artists on the bottom, you don't ask something like that. That is very, very rude. Yeah, see, that's yeah, that's another thing is like, I'm not gonna give it to you for free. So why would you go and ask somebody else for free? Yeah. Free. It's like it's just like you know, it's like I'm putting my heart and soul into this thing. You know, you're asking me to do it out of the goodness of my heart. And it's like, it's it's not going to pay the bills. The goodness of my heart is not going to do, you know, yeah. it's not going to be for the supplies. Why would you ask that? Like, you know, even like when people, certain people like, let's say for my store, like people want to donate something, right? Or they want to just give it to me. I'm like, no, no, no. We're going to discuss a price because this at one point costed something. So mm -hmm. I don't want you to, you know, because it's not going to keep the, the bills paid. And you're losing something and it's what's it called i i i'm a firm believer in the law of well you won't get this but some of your viewers might the law of equivalent exchange so basically you, you nothing nothing you don't you have to give as much as you take basically so that's what i that's what i think like especially if you're going to be an artist like definitely i mean it does how does it help that everybody's like there is that that stereotype of the starving artists but that's kind of the reality because <laughs> yeah you know, it's uh, this is hard to it's hard, it's hard to pay the bills as an artist. Well, we live in Hawaii, so it's hard in general. <laughs> yep, everything like you could be like top of your class at everything, still struggling to make the bills. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So another one that was told, or I guess segueing in from that one was, um. Oh, get a real job because you'll never make enough. What? Somebody actually said that. Um, no, we were just scrolling through, like, oh. we we're asking, like, what are, what are the most horrible things you could tell an artist? And it's like, yeah, yeah that's one of them. That's like, well, that's one, that's one of them. It's just like, Jesus Christ. It's like, I looked at my friend, I was like, you went like the parents route. This is like something your parent tells you. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like, I want to be an artist, it's like, you're never going to be able to pay bills. Like, oh, like in the gut. That's. Well, I mean, that, I, the topic is things you never want to tell an artist. So I went on, like, I guess. I gave it a too broad of a definition when I was searching for yeah. answers. Um, one of the ones I think you brought up, um, I think in our conversation earlier was, I can do it better. It's like, well, why uh, don't you? Yeah. Or like, I can do it myself, pretty much. I can do it better, I can do it myself, kind of thing. I mean, or whatever. You know, the, the question is like, oh, why don't you? No, yeah, if it's if you think it's that easy, or like you yeah, think like. Well, the problem is like everybody thinks it's easy like you can visualize it in your brain like in in my brain i can visualize making like you know a five-star steak at home doesn't mean i'm gonna be good at it i'm probably gonna, it'll, it'll be like 
two star at the max. Like how you have it in your head is not going to be the same when you actually make it. Yeah, it's like it takes practice over time as well if you continue to do it. Yes, because like especially with when you're being an artist, it's a lot of experimentation. So from what you know, Michelle or my partner has told me many times is that you know when she does things, it's she's trying to get out of her comfort zone. And the problem is, is that when she's working with a new medium like um like resin, resin was one of them that she was working with. Resin, if you really want something really well done and you want it to be done correctly, you need to do it in a specific way. So most people, when they think of resin, is that oh. Isn't you just mix something together and you pour it into a mold and it just turns into like a solid piece, right? Yeah, it, that's the case. That's the general concept. But then there's things to worry about like air pockets. Well, that's one of the things that's like that plagues people working with resin is that, you know, you when you whip it up, you know, you're mixing it inside of a container, you're pumping air into that mixture, which means it's going to have all those air bubbles in it. Um, and then I, me, like we're thinking about doing, working with resin for specific projects that stuff like we had to look online and see like what would be the way to get the air bubbles out so one of the ways that we were looking it up and the kind of we the one we settled on was usually when you think about it you would want something that sucks the air out of it so it creates a vacuum right inside the inside whatever chamber you're putting your resin in so that way it sucks the bubbles out of your thing but what the thing uh, um it, the experiment online when we were watching and doing research was showed was it took out most of the bubbles, but then what it did was it kind of had it where certain areas were kind of porous because the bubbles were being pulled out of the center of the object. Whereas like what he did was kind of counterintuitive, which is to create a pressurized system, which is to put so much pressure inside the chamber that squeezes the bubbles down to like almost where you can't see them with your eye. So that is kind of ingenuitive, but that's like, that's a lot of research and development that has to go into, you know, figuring out how to get this product to that way you want it to be but that just it's trial and error that takes a lot of time to work on yeah and it's not cheap either That's yeah because because you're using resources to like test all the ways this thing can come out yeah. <clears throat> and, and i've seen want to make sure it doesn't get coloration over time too yeah so you're doing it's basically you're doing research and development on your own product so you are basically doing the job of like if you were like say Johnson and Johnson, you're doing the R and D department's thing, but then instead of it being like how Johnson and Johnson took like what a year to develop a vaccine, yeah, that's with like hundreds and hundreds of people that they have at their disposal. You're one person. Your R and D is probably going to take a few years to get I, something even close to like marketable. Long, yeah, longer because you're doing it, yeah, on your own. Yeah, this is also the fact that you got to take into account like these people are like you know. Their, you know, their job is to just do this. So they, you know, their nine to five is to come in, do this, and then go home. Whereas you might be, I go to work on my nine to five. I come home. I do this when I'm dead tired. <laughs> I do one run and I go to bed. <laughs> so like, it's the last. It could be the last thing that you do of the day, and you're not really paying attention. So you might end up screwing things up more than actually trying to figure out how things work. So, yeah, my, my partner has definitely, she's done it multiple times, but, like, she's done, like, I think hundreds of, like, tests just to see, just to get it a, a specific way. And that's why when she does commissions and stuff, it takes not, like, oh, the span of, like, oh, maybe a day or two to work on it and, like, and it's done. It's more like, oh, it's going to take me at least a few months to get it to that point where I'm, like, this is acceptable. This is what I'm giving the customer. That's why so, I don't, too 
do resin that often. Yeah, and resin is fun to play with, but it's oh, just yeah. like a pain in the pain in the rear. The most part of my French. It's a, it's a pain in the butt to to deal with. Yeah. And you you got you need all that special equipment, and you can't get it on anything because basically if it hardens, and you're kind of you've destroyed basically whatever it's touched. So. Yeah. Okay. So there's. That kind of goes into my next thing that I have. I don't know if anyone asked you guys this before, but I always get asked or I always get said to that the person, um, oh, what if I pay for the supplies? Nah, like, I feel like if that's the thing, you're like, okay, that's great and all, you pay for the supplies, but that's like, if it's like, okay, that's more so like, <clears throat> if I feel like that the only time that's acceptable is that if you're asking somebody to do something that's not in their real house, like if you're asking them to do something that they've never done before, that kind of also leads into like my other thing where it's like knowing, knowing what type of work is acceptable from that artist. So that's one of the things that we're talking about. We're talking, um, sorry, I'm going to go a little into your uncomfort zone, but conventions or, you know, when you're working that weekend at the conventions and you have, you're showcasing everything you want, Obviously, certain people will say, I'm open for commission, so I can do artworks for you. Like, you know, I'll draw it out, but it's not going to be done by the time, by the end of con. But, you know, I'll have it done by a certain point, and then we'll exchange and we'll deliver it to you. One of the things that irritates artists the most in Artist Alley is that when you make the assumption that they do 18-plus artwork. Mm. So a lot of people have approached people about doing 18 plus artwork the problem is is that with 18 plus artwork not everybody is experienced enough to do it and then and usually that's where more complications come into play when you try and ask somebody to do something like that and it doesn't live up to your expectations of what the artwork is supposed to look like so that's one of the things that like i that we at me my partner and then like other artists don't like is that you go uh, go in there assuming that they can do 18 plus work usually you know the, the artist is you know well you know they, they've been to a few conventions already they have you know the ground rules on their booth they're like i'm doing commissions but they'll list you know what specifications what they can and cannot do but the problem is, is with newer artists they don't know where to draw that line where it's like hey i'm not gonna do this and, you know, people get hurt. People get angry that you know, like, oh, what do you mean you, you're not going to be able to do this kind of art? And it's like, but this other person does it. It's just like understanding that not everybody does. The same kind of art. Yeah. So it's like, I, I wouldn't go to you, obviously, assuming that like, oh, can you draw me of these characters? It's like, no, like I know specifically you, you do commissioned work, but it's more so of like, you know, you put stuff, you, what is it called? I'm just putting it together. Yeah, so you you yeah, you do you you put designs on top of things. You don't you don't draw like original yeah. characters or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, like under, yeah. Yeah, so it's like understanding what an artist can and can't do. Yeah. And then you know, it, you know, don't be afraid to ask though like, "Oh, can you do this?" Yeah. But then don't yeah. assume. That's the problem. I feel like that everybody falls into. Yeah, it's one thing if you want to ask, that's fine. I have no problem with you asking for if you can do this. But if you're going to be like, oh, can you do this? I'll give you the supplies. And then, yeah, same like what you just said. It doesn't come up the way that the person yeah. is it to be. 
I mean, I, I would, I would say like I, definitely if you're gonna like if so, if they're gonna be like that kind of person where it's like I'll, I'll pay for the supplies and then it's like you have to you as a like you and the customer have to come to an agreement. Hey, I don't do this normally. I mean, I'm this will be brand new. I'm gonna be using a lot of this stuff. So basically, don't get your hopes up that it's gonna be perfect. Yeah. That this is gonna be something that's gonna take a lot of trial and error. If they're perfectly fine with spending that kind of money on you and you're perfectly comfortable like whittling away the supplies that they're buying for you, then you know I don't see any issue. I feel like, but it depends on the artist. Some certain artists, you know, don't, they don't want to waste anybody's money or give anybody's hopes up. So it depends on the artist. I don't know how you feel about that. I feel like you might be like, oh, I don't want to, you know, you, you don't feel comfortable doing it. I already got asked once. I'm not going to say this person's name because they work with us. Oh, okay. Asked more than once about making t-shirts. And yeah, t-shirts are hard. Yeah, I've never advertised it anything about you know making t-shirts mm-hmm. you guys pretty much see what it is that i make so it's like for me for that person to come and ask me more than once and i've already told them more than once i don't do that yeah and i i've i've, I've made a few of my own as well like just to try out and whatever and it comes out just fine but it's like it's not something that i feel comfortable yeah so- you're still experimenting with the method exactly. So like, yeah, I think one of the interesting ways or interesting stories I have is that um, this actually convers- uh, revolves around the most recent convention we went to this um, on the other weekend was um, we actually had designs for the, um, we actually had a plan out for how we're going to do the uniforms for our staff. And we had a plan out, we we're going to use naval, like royal blue or dark blue as our uniforms. And then we had, I had the correct, we had the correct, um, you know, material, we had correct everything. And then when, you know, my partner went to try and actually, you know, I, so she's, she's doing a heat transfer onto these shirts. Problem is with the heat transfers, you can't really see them with the darker colors because mm, yeah. they only will, will do better on lightly colored stuff. So moral of the story is always do your research before doing this before committing to something because we ended we ended up spending like 70 something dollars or wasted 70 something dollars on t-shirts that we could have used for other things and then we had to spend another 90 to 100 bucks getting different type of materials for different shirts or different color shirts on a short budget notice and even those were not the greatest they were great i mean they have you know the logo and everything on the back but one of the things we noticed that the heat transfers have, especially if you're doing these things in a hotel room at like one, two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> the day of, is that, you know, things happen. Like um, if, um, some, of, some of our shirts have um, a little like Gundam insignia or yeah, the, the, the head, right, on yeah. one of the corners. Problem is, is that when um, the way the heat transfers work, it left residue and you can kind of see like a square, oh. like the outline of a square box where, like the, where, the, where the sticker where because she had it where the sticker was here and then you basically it's on a sheet, right? It's a square sheet. You heat transfer it onto it and because the iron is bigger than the actual sticker. And, you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't think about like how, you know, how it, it affects on a white shirt. There's still a little bit, you can kind of see if you like squint, you can kind of see like there's a, you can make out like the corner edges of where that that box was oh, I on see. the shirt. Yeah. So it, yeah, even so, like it was good for the day. Like we're, these are these, again, we're still learning. These are prototypes, but 
you know, we need to work better. So it's like, you know, my partner's still developing her craft. So it's going to be a lot of trial and error, especially if it's something new, like heat transfers. Like, that's just my my warning story to people who are out there who are doing, any of you guys are thinking about doing heat transfers, use light colored shirts. Do not use dark colored shirts. I've had a few. I've had a few where I had like some mistakes like that too. It leaves yeah. And then the, another thing that irritates me too is when they offer to pay for the supplies and it's like they don't know like what material they're buying versus yeah. like you or me or your partner, we've maybe a certain thing, we've tried it enough times to know is going to work on a certain material or with a certain thing. So it's like for that person to be like, oh, I'll buy the supplies, not knowing, oh, you can't use that. It's not going to work. Yeah. So it's like, it's more so like, yeah. So like, especially when I went to go get the materials the first time, I double checked before I placed the orders. Like, hey, what was the material that you needed again? And, you know, just to make sure that I'm getting the correct material, I'm paying for the correct amount. And she's like, you know, this type. I was like, okay, great. Got the materials. And then, you know, and even even when everything, like, seems like it's going according to plan, something's going to happen. So just always assume that something bad is probably going to happen. So plan out, make sure that you have a backup plan just in case. And not a backup plan, like, is ironing up the shirts the day of the con, like, at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's not a backup plan. That is, like, plan S out of, like, how many plans we went through. You guys must have been super tired that day. Oh, yeah, like, I think, uh, well, she was ironing till 2, and then we both woke up at around 6, 7 o'clock the next morning. Yeah. Yeah, and, well, and we're running, this is, like, um, what is it called, the con high. You can ask um, our, co- our our mutual coworker about mm-hmm. it later. Um, the con high is real. Um, literally, I told you, I felt perfectly fine coming back on Monday back to work, and then as soon as I touched my bed that night after I came back from work, it felt like, thousands and thousands of pounds just dropped at once because I passed out as soon as I touched my bed. So it's like, and, and, and then the next day when I woke up on Tuesday, I was like, I felt like crap. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's, I don't know how else I kept going that weekend, but yeah, like, that's one of the things, like, you, we want to make sure that you plan out for all eventualities so in the event, like, something like that, you can enjoy what you're supposed to be doing. Okay, oh. Party hard in another type, in another way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so another one is, um, what is it called? Do not, uh, where is it called? Where is it? Oh, one of the things you don't want to hear your customers passing by your booth telling you, or you want, you don't want to hear them say is, would anyone actually buy this? That is a demoralizing uh-huh. thing you never want to hear in art, in in the convention or anybody as an artist, because that is or very like, demoralizing. Um, or like saying, oh, people actually buy this? Yeah, like, oh, like, I, 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 I can understand yourself. if it's, like, I can understand if it's, like, something, like, it's very, like, out of the box. It's something, like, it's not a traditional thing. Yeah. But, like, if you're just saying that outright, like, without, like, you know, any context, plus, that's, it sucks when, like, you know, they're just passing by and you hear that. That just, it demoralizes the hell out of you, like, as, as an artist, because I know, because there was a few years that I had, to, I, you know, I attended QuaiCon with my partner and then just us helping her out at her booth and you know just giving her moral support you know helping doing the change and everything to being the cashier 
helping her with all that stuff. And, you know, I'm, and I'm always there to kind of like, if she has a bad day, you know, we talk about it and we're like, pick her back up. So you can do this. Keep going. That's the thing. It's one of the things you never want to do is you don't, you never want to demoralize an artist. Cause that's, it'll bring them to an all new low. Like if they stop working, you know, they, they question if everything was for naught. And, you know, I've never been, I've been an artist maybe in, you know, college when I was doing, um, you know, art, you know, when I, at one point when I was trying to do art as a thing, but you know, that's my thing. I got demoralized as hell. Cause it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to compete against people who are like doing all these really nice drawings and you're the guy that's just drawing anime all the freaking time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I know how demoralizing you can get. So you, I, I try to avoid, you know, doing like saying anything like that, and avoid, I avoid trying to, you know, saying anything that might in, you know, inadvertently demoralize an artist. Because I always think that everything people come up with is, is cool and neat. There is some questionable things that you know I have may have issues with. Um, we'll do. Well, I'll, I'll, actually, not. Yeah, we'll get into this story. So. This is, this is another this is another convention story here. So in my in my youth and naivete, um, I was at my at my partner's booth one time one year, and her friend who is an, uh, who's a you know pretty you know I would say she's pretty well known now not like not worldwide but you know locally. Um, she was doing a commission and she was just like I guess there it wasn't it was. Not specifically an 18 plus piece of artwork, but it was more so just like hinting at it because I, you know, kind of bordering that thing. And she's, I guess she's drawing these two gentlemen inside the bathroom. And she's like, I don't know how to make it more steamy. And in my naivete, being the, being the guy that is like literally, um, you know, the, like hardcore anime geeks at the booth, I was looking at over at her drawing. And I immediately, without even thinking the repercussions of my words, said, make one of them pin the other one against the wall. Mm-hmm. And then, and <laughs> she in, flew with that idea. <laughs> she, she just, she, she, like, I saw the fire light up in her eyes and she started drawing feverishly. And I was just like, no, 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 I was joking. And I was like, oh, God damn it. And then the next day it was all done, you know, it was lined, it was, you know, copic markered, everything was shaded and she sold it to the person. I wasn't there for the sale. I came back, I bought some stuff and then I was just like, just, she's like, she's like, Darren, I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about it. She's like, I sold it. I was like, did the customer like it? She's like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? It's like it is both, both, both knowing exactly what to do in those situations like is a blessing and a curse at the same time. I can't believe they actually bought it though. I know, no, no, it was a it was a commission, and she just like she want the person wanted it steamy, but like she's she's losing like I guess like inspiration on how to make it more steamy. I'm like, you know, what's steamier? Those I was just like me being the college student, you know. Fresh out of high school, very naive. Was just oh, make make one of the dudes pin the other dudes against the wall. I'm like, I think any normal person would say that though. No, but I was the person dumb enough to say it that was nearby at the time, and I had like a quick, like back then, like literally, basically, um, I didn't think 
before I said something. It was just always a quick draw reaction. And yeah. that was one of the moments where like, I should have quick draw, <laughs> should have thought a little bit <laughs> and then explained it and not just have her like, <gasps> like get all feverishly, like start drawing and shit. <laughs> I, you know, I do enjoy that the fact that her her um, her client did enjoy the um, the artwork. I don't know who exactly ordered it, but you know what? Um, if you're watching, yeah, if you're looking, it? did you ever take a picture of it yourself? No, because then I feel like if my parents or somebody saw it on my phone, they'd question wh- which way I swung. I would have liked to see it too, though. So. I'll ask. I'll ask her. I think she might still have an original picture of it. I'm not sure. So. Um, shameless plug. If you want, if you want to know who I'm talking about, you can look her up. Her name is Mama San Graphics. Yeah, so she, she she's pretty she's pretty she's a really nice artist. Um, she does very she does a wide variety of work. Um, definitely she's she does re, she does I think relish the fact that she does 18 plus work. But yeah, ask her. Main part of this podcast. Remember, ask before anything. Do not assume. <laughs> ask and then keep ask, the comments to yourself. Ask patient. Yes. Yeah. Artists are people too. They are all learning. We are always learning. Yeah. Um, one. Okay. So moving on to back to questions. Uh, one of the other ones I uh, we had was uh, I saw the exact same thing at that booth for less. Oh, like comparing prices and stuff. Yeah. That that you never say shit like that to the actual person. You like compare it in your mind. And then, then, then you make the purchases. You never tell that to somebody else because that, like, it it brings artists inadvertently into like a bidding war kind of like situation, and it's not great because you're basically making them whittle down their self worth as far as an artist goes, which can be demoralizing in any you know sense. Um, definitely, I think I one one of the things I had to take into account was just um. I had to tell, um, or when me and my partner were discussing this, um, we were discussing about, um, you know, how much her art, the artwork, how much she's pricing everything for. And then back then, I didn't go into entrepreneurship. I didn't do anything like that. I wasn't into business at that time. I was in more of a sense that's like, hey, maybe we should do bundles because I've been seeing other artists do bundles. You know, and then it's just like, you know, I had to ask you, I have to ask our, the hard questions. It's like, how much do you think it's worth? How much is, you know, how much do the supplies cost to make it? How much do you, do you price out your time and labor for to make any of these like prints? Cause um, my partner used to make a lot of them um, prints. So basically you'd be sure she, she would design something and she'd send it out and she'd make in a local like printing company would make like these really nice long, you know, prints that you could sell at the convention, very glossy, you know, glossy or satin, kind of like photos basically of the the image. And then she'd sell these and it's like, okay, well, we're going to do this. She'd do some bundles and she, you know, she always would do bundles, but I'm like, I would be the kind of person who would be super aggressive for like bundling. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do kind of this bundle. I'm going to see if we can push it super hard on like the second and last days. Cause that's where you're going to get most of your stuff. And I'd be the kind of guy that's like trying to make sure that, you know, my partner made money. She made enough at least to break even as well as making sure she had money to like, you know, to spend at the con. Cause that's kind of like the good thing about being an artist is that you don't owe anybody money. Like technically you, you made it and you kind of like, as soon as you pay your booth back, if you know, you're like our, our, um, our, our, um, what's it called? Our mutual coworker. He's like sold out by the second day. And he's just like, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's your time to enjoy the convention. So you want to make as much money as possible, even if it means you're not making, you know, dollar for dollar, you're making like 80, 70 cents per dollar. Money's money and you need money at the end of the day. So, right. So that's why, like, I feel like never, like, I tried to aggressively do that, but then it's like also the artists themselves, like, if you, if you can kind of look at them and you're like, you know, like, they don't look like they're, if they look, they're kind of green or like in general, don't ever ask for, um, what is it called? Don't ever like do that bartering thing or like that thing, like where you compare prices and stuff. If you like their artwork, just, just pick buy it, it up. Yeah. yeah don't second guess yourself because odds are you're helping this person out in the long run because you're helping them grow as an artist you're helping them keep food on the table you're helping them in one way or another just don't do that <laughs> i mean if you like this other person's artwork versus this one then that's fine that's your own prerogative but don't ever like force them into that kind of situation where you have they have to devalue themselves in order to make to get your sale that's not what this is about that actually brings me into my next one asking mm. why you charge why you, why do you charge so much kind of comment that's the thing it's like okay everybody thinks like oh i can just i can just make it with this thing you know it only costs this much why is it like another 20 dollars more it's like well yeah it's the labor fee like everything like if you go to get a car part fixed you don't just pay for the car part you pay for the labor to put into the actual car it's like it's not it doesn't like it's you know when you get everything together you it just yeah it's not like a video game where you just like you add two things and it automatically makes something so like you got to actually you know there's some labor into it so pay for the person's time you're paying for the, the materials well, I mean, the materials can be already, like, calculated into it, but, like, um, it's more so of, like, okay, so let's say, take into account, let's say your folder, the ones you were talking about earlier, I think earlier this week, was the um, the binders or the, um, yeah. the financial keeper binder. So let's say online they're, like, $5, right, to manufacture, to, to get one fresh off the, off the assembly line. And then, obviously, somebody else is charging, like, 30, 40 bucks for it. And it's, like, okay, well obviously you know it's not like if you're to print let's say it's five dollars for the actual item it's like another ten dollars for the materials why is it costing 30 40 dollars why is it costing that much it's like well you know are you going to be the guy that's going to be putting these things together and like making sure that these things fit you know making sure the quality you know the quality control is there like literally they're doing everything that a large factory would and they're doing it in your area because most of these things if you think about it most quality control things or like you know for most everyday items it's not done here it's yeah. done somewhere else where labor yeah. is cheap so it's like you're where there like the quality control could be like maybe a four or five cent difference where here it's like you're paying for somebody's wage to make sure that you know somebody can put food on the table then you know I'm not gonna question that. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, the one I'm ordering from you, I'm not gonna question that price. I'm not gonna lowball you for it because I know it's going directly to you. It's not like, you know, it's you know, it's like second, second, third hand at this point. So yeah, I feel like yeah, you guys gotta realize that you know, and an artist is putting a price on it. This how much not only for the materials, but it's their work and time and effort and everything. And you're helping. It's you know how much they need to survive. So. 
try not like yes to all you listeners don't don't haggle down prices like the only time and this is just in my occasion i'm not sure about you know the host today her what her policies are if you're buying 20 plus then may are you buying in bulk then maybe but just ask only time you would ask for a discount is if you're buying bulk don't ask for a discount right off the bat just even if you're friends, don't even ask for for a discount. You wait. You wait until they are willing to offer you a discount. That's the only time it's acceptable. The only time I ever I ever gave a discount was um, towards Pong. She ordered bags for me recently, and I didn't. She asked for the. She ordered bags and she asked me to put glitter. Um, heat transfer on it mm-hmm. so I had a glitter one and it, I don't know why but it was like the backing of it was melted onto the paper the mm-hmm. so it's like I couldn't transfer it to the bag itself so the, so the product didn't come out as as I wanted it to be yeah, so. so I yes. had to use the regular non-glitter yes. black one so I told her when I I told her about it and I was like oh I'm sorry so when I gave her the bags, I ended up giving her a little something extra because I couldn't get her give her what she wanted in the first place. Yeah. So CC like that, that's like that's making sure that, you know, you even like as much as people think like, you know, discounts should be a given. I mean, sometimes, you know, some things just don't work out. And, you know, because we're human, most of the people I'd like to think yeah. of as well, at least my friends that are artists. We try to, you know, we try to make up for shortfalls and shortcomings with, you know, stuff like that. So it's usually, you know, if unless again, so buying in bulk or if if only if the person themselves, the artist is willing to give you a discount, only those two times should it be consider, considered. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. everything else, like if you just straight off ask anybody for a discount, they're not going to give you a discount. Hell. I don't know how many times people come into my store and ask me for a discount and I give them like, you know, a certain discount and it's like nothing to me because that's the general sale discount. Like I'm not going to give you anything more because you just walked in the door. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're going to if you wanted a bigger discount, like you got to be buying like I think right now our our promotion is like 20, 20 percent off everything in the store except for certain items. And then it's like, okay, well, if you're buying like three or four of like the kits I sell, then maybe I'll give, give you thirty percent off. But like, you got to be making it worth my, you know, worth my while to give you a discount. Like, you can't be just buying one and then like, oh, I want a thirty percent discount or mm-hmm. something like that. It's like you and can't be person, doing that. That person got to help for that. Yeah, I, 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 I'd like, I'd like to say that I don't have that many people that do that, but then I do. I feel like that would be a lie. <laughs> but you know, genuinely, genuinely, the good thing about you know, customers, at least the ones I've come into contact with, they don't, they don't ask for unnecessary discounts. Like the only times they ever asked for like out of the blue was like military discounts. And while my store doesn't really do military discounts anymore, we used to do it when we were open in, um, at our, at our like way old location, like right when we started in like 2017, we used to do military discounts, but now all we do now is just like, okay, well, if you ask about it, we'll give you 20% off. That's just what we do. Yeah. But like, that's other than that, like not, not anybody just keeps asking for like, oh, can you make it like small? Like, can you, can you go a little lower? That kind of thing. There's not, there's no haggling. Like, 
I'd like to say that there's no haggling. We do haggle on occasion, but it's only when like they're buying like a lot of stuff, and it's like, okay, well, you know, you are buying a lot of stuff from me, so. And that brings it back into the thing. It has to be bulk. Don't expect discounts straight off the back for like a couple items. You Eric, have to. It's not, it's not like, oh, it's not, it's not scanning, so it must be free. Oh God, jeez, <laughs> yeah, don't remind me of that. It was like free ninety nine. Huh? Free ninety nine. <laughs> like, oh my god. Oh, okay. So moving into another one, unrealistic deadlines. That is one of the things that is hated and is the bane of most artists. They tell you like, I need this done. Hey, can you do this? I'll pay for it, but I need it done in a week. It's like no. No way. No, no way. So, I'm not gonna be able to do it in a week. Yeah, especially when they ask you to make a lot. Oh no. Yeah. So like um con horror stories is just like people asking for commissions and over the three-day span and if you've ever gone to a convention there there's literally no such thing as you know being able to get things done in a three-day span because you are getting constantly bombarded with people that are coming to your booth buying stuff yeah. and like at night you want to be able to enjoy the convention yourself so obviously you're going to have off time so you're going to be going to you know panels you know relaxing socializing with other people and then uh, you go back to your hotel room and you pass out and you wake up the next morning early in the morning eat breakfast go back to the convention open up your booth and do the same thing over again but like there's so many people out there that expect like oh you know you know you should be doing this because i paid you it's like no not if they told you it wasn't going to be done in three days yeah like i don't know what planet you live on dude but like you know everything here is hand drawn by one person dude it's not like it's not that, like, you know, the, the, we meant you can just press these things into, like, you know, to make it, like, appear. Like, um, like so many people keep asking us, if like, you sure you don't have any more in the back room? Oh, yeah. Fuck, I hate that. <laughs> it's just like, ooh, I'll go make it appear. Online, you have five. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Jesus. It's just, like, I swear to God, sometimes, like, I hate, I both love and loathe the internet sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's just like uh, how we tell our, um, one of uh, the one managers, like, hey, can you make, can you, come? what's it called, use, use your alchemy and make some more paper towels or make some more paper plates in the back? Oh, uh, yeah. Because people are asking for it and they think we're hiding them. <laughs> oh my God, I don't get paid enough to hide stuff in the back. But okay, um, assumptions type of work. Ah, another one. Vague instructions. That is another bane. Yeah. If you're if you do not like give them reference photos, any kind of like, you know, this is like what I want, and then you kind of like you know you know if you don't do that part and you get mad at them for it not coming out the way it's supposed to, then that's your own fault. That's not the artist's fault. It's your fault for not for giving very vague instructions. And not, you know, working in tandem with the artists. Because there is definitely people who know what they want. And then there's people who don't know what they want. Like, people who know what they want, they'll give you reference photos. They'll talk, you know. And usually the artists are pretty good about, like, like you know, before finalizing anything. Like, my partner, she'll send tests. And she's like, is this fine? Is this correct? And then, especially for, like, when we're doing the, um, the what's it called? The heads for the Gundams for the the um uniforms 
I had to go. I had to dig through a bunch of like the different um ones that she did. And she's like, "Is this right? Is this the correct tone?" And I'm like, "No, this one has to be darker gray. That one, you got to switch the coloring on the opposite side, or like the eyes look a little crooked." And it's like you work in tandem with the artist. That you, it's it's if it's something like that, you if you know exactly what you want, you got to be prepared to like show them like, "Hey, here's the reference photos." here's you know how i want it done this is what the thing is i want this one look for you got to be specific you can't just give vague instructions because anybody if, if you go to anybody's like, i want a binder with a gundam on it it's like you're gonna slap something on it it might not be a gun it might be a transformer for all you know you're gonna make whatever and assume you're gonna like it yeah so something. you gotta be very specific me as much as you know this might not be everybody's you gotta be detail oriented when you're asking somebody for a commission you can't just go in there and be like hey i want this person to look like a surfer but he has black hair and you just list off very vague descriptions of this person you can't be doing that you got to have like reference photos you got to have some kind of like thing you got to be you got to be in the know you got to know everything you want out of this so that the artist can effectively tell you if they can or can't do it and how long it's going to take into this and that. Because the more vague you are, the longer it's going to take as a project. Because I've had projects that take, like, months to do because, like, you know, I'm vague or, you know, you know, the client that, you know, my partner's working with is kind of vague. And she's, like, working on it, like, feverishly at, like, you know, throughout the weekend. And I'm, she's, like, in the, don't bother me, I'm busy, like, mode. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple times where I've called her and she has that like that angry like panto face, like she's gonna murder me in my sleep. So I'm like, I'll call you back later. I think that's uh, I think that's common because sometimes that's I'll common, but like it's like you can kind of tell like the only times I can actually elicit a response from her is if I do like, and she knows I do I do this kind of often. Um, I do I. <laughs> just to throw her off base when she's drawing i'm like are you cheating on me she's like what she plays she's break eye contact and she just looks at me with like like really are you really gonna ask me that yeah and it's just me because that's just like it's one of those things where like you've ever seen them in a in a show where like the the, the cast is distracted and they just start saying random things to try and yeah. elicit some kind of emotional response that's the kind of things i have to do like some days where i'm like she's getting to it she's too into it and i'm trying to ask her something you know, yeah, uh-huh. And she's like, still, her eyes are, like, glued to her, like, you know, screen. And I'm like, I'd be able to get a single answer out of her. And I'm, like, I'm going to have to throw the curveball. So it's like, as it called? The thing is just like, like, <laughs> the thing that I think, like, kind of throws her a curveball, but also kind of fucks with it. It's just it's like, are you, is like, is it one, is it, are you cheating on me? Or two, is like, do you love me? <laughs> And she's just like, she just gives me that quick look and like, okay, now that I got your attention. But yeah, like, um, never give vague instructions because then it'll make, it'll drive an artist absolutely batshit insane if you do not know what you're looking for. I actually had the opposite one time where the person knew what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And I made it, she ended up not liking it. And she really? Had, yeah, and she had me redo it again. Ooh. So I told her, oh, if I redo it, I got to charge you again and charge you extra. And she just said, okay, never mind. I'll just take it as it is. Yeah. Because I I had, I had, 
I think it was a cup or something. And she had me make something in the middle, and then she wanted the bottom to go around, something around the bottom. Mm. So made the around the bottom, and I made the one image in the middle on one side. She didn't like how how um, empty it looked on the back side of the cup, is what she was saying. But then it's like I told her, oh, but that's what you asked me to yeah. do, and I showed you before I made it, like before yeah. I. Printed that's kind of that would be on her part then like it's it's okay so that would be uh, on definitely the client's part because it's you know not taking into account like hey how's it gonna look like you gotta like as far as like this is also a word, word of warning for you people who are you know listening to this podcast and are probably going to get something commissioned by um the host make sure you visualize it in your brain what it looks like first before you go into any kind of crazy like um notion of like how it's sorry how i imagine it to be you gotta realistically think about it of how it's supposed to look everything okay yeah no my my worker came in to use the restroom oh and i thought he left already (laughs) like an hour ago anyways um so yeah so um yeah, so that's that's one of the things that I, it's vague, vague instructions is like is another bane. Do not give vague instructions, guys. Make sure you you give exact instructions. You imagine it in your brain hole realistically now, not roast into glasses like this is what I want it to be. It's gonna be like this. No, and realistically imagine what it's gonna look like, and then un what's it called? Uh, what's it called? You always want to under promise, over deliver. That is always the thing you want to do. You don't want to promise them the moon, but you want to deliver at least the night sky. Yeah, for sure. So, sure. You guys don't always expect it to be like like a holy grail as soon as you get it. Just you know, yeah. keep expectations low. That way, you get, you're not you know you're not expecting like the universe from like this artist to ma- to make something for you. Um, that leads into like one of my last talking points, which was um, comparing artists never ever do that that is like another thing that will demoralize anybody is when you start comparing artists to one another so they've just and i've done i've i i admit i am guilty of doing such a thing i have compared other artists to my partner but that was more so just to get her motivated to kind of push her artwork into that same extreme where she can start making that kind of money but you know it's realizing that artists are not all the same. They all have different types of drawing styles. They have all different types of, you know, things that they man- they make and understanding that each of them have, you know, strengths and weaknesses and they have certain things they do each with each, you know, each artist has their own thing that they do is best, you know, is best to, you know, it's best to know exactly that, you know, artists are all different. Don't expect everybody to do the exact same thing the exact same way. You know, for all you know, this artist draws with their left hand. This one draws with their feet. I don't know. Like people are weird. If if, if you if if living living on planet Earth has, has not has not have you come to that conclusion yet. But you know, it's understanding that you know every artist has different things that they do, and they all do it in different ways. So don't try don't try and compare the artists to one another. Because then if you compare them 
it more I feel like it demoralizes them more so because it's like they're kind of like it's you're comparing apples to oranges. Everything yeah. is different. Yeah, they're they're not. They may have similar style of artwork, but they're not going to be the exact same person. Yeah, and then I feel like if you like what that person does, just go back to that same person. Yeah, you're, he's like it's like okay. as, it's, yeah, it's like it's like I can I can draw. Doesn't mean I can draw as good as like you know freaking Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I probably have I probably could if I like freaking studied for X amount of time, but you know, not everybody has time to go to like a fancy art uh, art in the art institute or yeah art institute. Uh, hello. Um, my partner, if you're listening to this, yes, I'm I'm taking a jab at you. Nobody has money to go to. I like her stuff. Sometimes when I'm like on the Instagram, I just browse through it and I look at her stuff. That's pretty cool. That, that that that's what's it called? That's four years of art institute for you. Yeah. <laughs> of art college. Surprisingly enough, like there's so many times where like um like I think I I like I see something and she just. She turns. She just starts hitting with her fist. I'm like, use your college level words. Or did they not teach you that in art school? <laughs> but yeah, like, I think I think just you know you have to understand that all artists are different. Just each of them have different different ways of doing it, and not everybody has access to the same kind of tools. So yeah. like, I think I think my partner she grew up. I think she started drawing from a very young age. I only started drawing like. I'd say mid high school, so my art style is not on the same level as hers, and she's been developing it for years at this point. So she's like cream of the crop, or at least from unless I meet some other kind of like person who's done like if I meet anybody at like from Pixar or something, then it's like okay, sorry Michelle, you sorry, sorry partner, you're getting dethroned by somebody else that's higher on the listings. <laughs> but you know. It's like not everybody has the same access to the same thing. So, you know, you got to kind of, you know, realize that, you know, certain artists have strengths and weaknesses. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, not trying to demoralize them because, you know, you know, I want, you know, everybody can probably draw Spider-Man. But, you know, maybe the one you would, the one way you want is, you know, you're never verbally say this. You can compare in your mind. We're not saying thought, we're the thought police and saying you shouldn't compare in general. I'm just saying. Don't compare them verbally, you know, don't be like telling this person like, hey, you know, I could get this for the same kind of picture or something down there for like five bucks less. Don't, don't do that. That is not cool. That is not kosher. There's always going to be somebody that does it better, but. Oh, I know. No, there's like, uh, bleeding into back into my business talks, like, I don't know how many times, there was this one dude that kept talking, that kept, I think, I forget which year it was. He would basically, yeah, he kept telling our customers that our the model kits you could get them cheaper in Japan. Well, like, yeah, of course, everything is going to be cheaper there. Yeah, <laughs> no, and this was at a convention too. And okay. we're like, I was telling, like, and I apparently I wasn't there for it. I would, I, I guess I went out to go do my con shopping and I came back to the, to the yeah. booth and they're like, hey, this person, you know, was doing this, saying this, this, and this. And I'm like, then why didn't you just kick him out? Yeah. Or call like con security and tell them to escort the guy out if he's gonna cause that much of an issue. Like you're not supposed to be doing that kind of stuff here. So I don't want to cause that much of an issue. It's just like, okay, well next time he comes back to the booth, if he keeps doing that, then you have my permission to call yeah. con security to tell him to move on to the next booth or go somewhere else because we don't want the kind of people at our booth. They're just gonna just 
you know, jab us about pricing and everything all the time to all of our customers and drive all the customers away. Yeah. That's just like at work when people say, oh, I can get it cheaper at, at Walmart. Go to yeah. Walmart instead. Yeah, like I don't, I have no issues with people who like they'll return something, they haven't opened it, and it's like, oh, I found it cheaper at Walmart. So it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I can't argue with you there. But if you're the kind of guy that's going to like haggle me or hassle me because it is literally like 20 cents cheaper somewhere else, oh, then yeah. like in the back of my mind, I'm just like the angry dude just yelling at you, then go somewhere else. Uh-huh. But you know, obviously, when we're on the floor, we can't we can't be that person. We can't be the angry person. We have to be be the nice person. We have to channel our inner. Um, our, uh, certain our, individual that's always mad at work that I shall not name of. That we no, both we know. We have to channel our inner um, blue-haired coworker that kill them with kindness. That is what we must do. Yeah, that's just going to piss the cousin off even more, but that's okay. Yeah, that depends. That depends. Yeah. There was, there was, there was, there was, um, there was a certain customer that we all know that she comes in very regularly. Um, you know, I always have an issue with her because she always would like complain about the minute, minute issues that she had with like things that were in the store. And just one day she came up and she was just, she's doing your return or like she's purchasing and returning. And I was just like, you know, I don't know what came over me. I just went into default nice mode. And then like afterwards, you know, our, uh, the, uh, the manager that works in a specific department that's near the rear of the store came by. I said, Oh, so she's like, what happened? I was just like, Oh, I, I took a page out of your book. I just killed her with kindness. I just can't deal right now. Yeah. So it's just like, I'm just going to get, get this over with. <laughs> but yeah, so I think, yeah, it's just, you got to be, you know, be, be nice to the artists. This is the people that are creating stuff from their, this is their livelihood. Don't trample on it. Don't get into pricing wars over stupid things like, oh, this looks a little bit better and sharper. No, no you just be quiet. You like it, you pay money. You don't like it, you move on. That is what you do. And you keep the comments to yourself. Yes. You keep your comments to yourself. That means do not go talking about it on social media. That's right. Pointing all you people that like to comment about stuff on social media, like to talk smack, and then you don't realize that the person that you're talking about sees your post later. Yeah. It's like, like, this is a fucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, what do you expect, man? Like, this is what happens when you do you post comments like this on anywhere but Reddit. <laughs> Yeah, it's like don't Reddit's come back to my place. You can actually be anonymous. Yeah, like everywhere else, like they know where you live, man. Facebook knows where you live. Yeah, everybody has Facebook now. Or yeah, it's like you talking smack. You better be talking smack on Reddit, and you better be under a different name. You better I'm hope not- that the person you're talking about is not on the same subreddit. Yeah. So it's like, oh my god, yeah, like. I don't know how many times like I've seen friends like make a comment about something and I'm or like they make a post and I'm like, why, why, why? <laughs> yeah, so be nice artists. They're giving up their time to make your dreams come true. So be nice. You don't know when the next time you'll see them. Maybe they'll be working at Disney. Yeah, Whatever. that's what I hope my partner was was gonna do. I told her like she should totally do the internship at um at Disney. 
Oh, for real? I, I told her I wanted her to do it, but then she was like, uh, I mean, I kind of want to. It sounds interesting, but she's like, but if I do that, that means you'd have to move. And I'm like, yeah, that is true. I kind of like Hawaii. I kind of don't want to have to move to California. <laughs> and California is not really the greatest place to, you know. Yeah, to like, be at. Not really to be. It's more like it sucks for pricing for any place. I don't know how to drive, which that in and of itself is a nightmare. Yeah. Like, and on top of like, if, have you ever been to like the mainland, like California, or seen how people drive on the mainland? Yeah, I when I did my road trip a couple years back with my husband. So and, like, yeah. everybody drives with like you know they know exactly like where to turn and everything, so they drive with purpose. Not saying people in Hawaii don't do this, but more often than not, you guys don't freaking drive with purpose. None of you, none of us drive with purpose. Like you guys meander left and right. And what? That's why there's so much accidents. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're rated like what, like top was it top five or top ten worst driver worst states to drive in? Like this is why, like you guys don't drive with purpose. Like even my dad who drives with purpose. When he goes to the mainland, he is scared because those people like drive with it's purpose and they drive too. so freaking fast. Yeah. Where it's like you don't know what the hell's going on half the time. Like I remember the first time we went back, it was I think 2017. We haven't been we had we haven't gone to California in like I think it was like eight years or something like eight nine years, and it's like he had such a shell shock because he was just like not used to driving. <laughs> But he's our driver, so he's supposed to be driving uh, the family around, right? He is so shell shocked because he didn't know. Was like, I was like, We're, "It's have you ever been to, or have you ever? I think it. I think you. Um, I think yeah, near UH has something like it. So you ever gone to the when you're getting onto the the freeway from UH side, where it kind of it it screws up, and then there's um, oh. and then you gotta kind of jump into traffic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. On the mainland, they have a few of them that have lights, timing lights. So basically, you have a you know, red, yellow, or red, yellow, green. Okay. So basically, it's like a, and it's kind of like you launching your car. Like it's it's kind of like if you're doing a drag race. Um, and I thought it was scary as shit because we were we got up to one and it was like the morning of us arriving in California and he's not used to it yet because we're driving side streets, so it's perfectly fine. Getting on the freeway, that's a different story. Everybody be driving crazy. They're like driving 80, 90 miles per hour on the freeway. Holy crap. <laughs> about to shit myself. Literally, I not two, three hours ago was on the plane. Now I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um I think just what is it called? I just think we people in Hawaii need to learn how to drive. Sub <laughs> subtangent, people in Hawaii need to know how to drive. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I always, when we're driving in the car, there's always, like, I always see cars with, like, uh, fans on their cars or something. Oh, uh, my partner is asking what your what your channel name is, so she want, or what is channel for that podcast? She wanted to take a look. The channel? On yeah. What you- that, where, where does she find your podcasts? Oh, like, on YouTube or on Spotify? Because if it's on YouTube, I don't know if it's going to pop up because I have no video for it. Um, well, you have most of them on Spotify, right? Yeah. Um, I think I have it on my stuff. I, if, I, if I can find it, hold on. 
might be buried under like the other podcasts I listen to. I listen to like a Gundam podcast, and I also listen to um, what is the other one? Um, a Gundam podcast. Um, Trash Taste is another one. Where is the my library? Here we go. I think I have it somewhere here. She has um her own personal Instagram, or does she only have that one when she does the drawings? Not sure. Because I have um the Instagram page for 21. Oh, is it uh, 21 Sessions, right? Yeah. Okay. Just I tell her, she tell her, like, earmark all the ones that I'm in, the ones that are fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, what is it called? So, what is it called? Um, I am out of talking points. I don't know if you have any more talking points. Well, that's pretty much all that I had was for the for the crafts part. Okay. Other than that, other than that I had, like, some other updates from, like, when I did the last podcast that I was going to go over in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's up to you if you want to. Um, yeah, I can do a little bit more. But before that, shameless plug for Michi's Toy Box and our collab with 21 Sessions, her anniversary RPG session oh, yeah. coming up in August. Oh, yeah, because... we should talk about that too later. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, uh, was a, uh, what, oh, do you have a, you have your uh, podcast name or you just use, you just use your, reg- your regular name on your podcast? Because I don't want to have to keep referring to you as. I use that. No, I use my regular name. I haven't. So, yeah. So Alexa will be taking her first dive into the realm of tabletop role-playing <laughs> games this coming August. Um, if you guys are interested, please let her let her know by up like like what was it called? I guess commenting on her on her. You have a Facebook page? Facebook and Instagram. Comment. Let her know. Let her know exactly what you want to see. Go on. Um, we will be playing. Um, we will not be playing D and D because that is too mainstream. And she doesn't like magic, no. so we're going to be playing something a little bit more off the beat, off the beaten path. We are going to be playing Call of Cthulhu, which is a horror horror based role playing game, and this game is going to be awesome because I've homebrewed it specifically for Alexa to her likes, and yeah. it will be crazy. It'll be fun. There will be death, possibly ritualistic killing somewhere in there. <laughs> Most likely. Most like, oh, here we go. I'm going to drown it out now. We'll see how it goes. Got all, all this crazy shit right now. I got it all. I'm, I'm, I'm cooking it up in this very big cauldron in front of me. Like, this, this is called a lit. It's just labeled. It's called 21 Sessions RPG. Yeah. It's like, it, it's. It's like those really disgusting foods you see. It's like I'm just adding more random things in there. It's like what, what blood sacrifices got to hold on me? Like add like a big tub of that in there. How but, far yeah. did you come along with that? Um, I have the story down. I just need to figure. You see, the thing about RPGs is that when you design something, you need to design it in the sense that you don't you want it to be somewhat structured in the sense that you know exactly what your players are going to do but then you also don't want to railroad people into into only doing specific choices you want to give the not illusion but you want to give the option of free will so you know you can choose what you want to do and knowing my group of friends they always like to go off the freaking rails like all the freaking time 
So I like to do crazy ass shit. Like, um, what was like one of the craziest things? Um, our mutual friend who works in uh, the the um, department of the store that is that always gets things taken from. Um, he um, decided we we're there driving in through a forest, running away from a from a, a snake controlled Tyrannosaurus Rex that they're shooting like a 50 cal machine gun off the back of the Jeep. Um, he decided that, that he was going to drive because he has the best driving skill role. Joke's on him. He rolled a fail. <laughs> so what does his character do? Puts his hands up in the air. It's like, Jesus, take the wheel. And the Jeep flips over. Uh, I've had people that have the ability to materialize slash or dematerialize slash rematerialize items, so teleport them from place to place. One of my players thought it'd be funny, like that he's gonna the way he kills these 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 people from inside the earth is by giving them rock lobotomies, like teleporting rocks to the brains. What the heck? Yeah, that this is why like I kind of question if like RPGs are like just a like, way of giving writers like PTSD. <laughs> I think so. It's like having characters that don't obey the laws of like what you set forth, and they're just gonna do crazy ass shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. So rock lobotomies. Until I told him no more rock lobotomies, you, they developed a special headband thing that prevents you from putting rocks into their brains. And the first words out of his mouth was bullshit. <laughs> so that's why, like, when when it takes a while to develop these games, especially if you have a homebrew. If you're homebrewing something, you gotta do like you're. It's like kind of like you're writing a story, so you have to like write up location, place. Does this make sense? Is the character's gonna play it this way? Also, the it's also taking into account like stuff like if you're playing with, if I'm playing with you, I can assume what you're gonna do, but I don't know exactly what you're gonna do. <laughs> And me trying to come up with some kind of ability to make sure that you're able to do what needs to be done and not do something crazy like, oh, I'm leaving. Yeah. I've had people that do that. Like, oh, I'm just, I was like, when, as soon as like the slight whiff that the shit is about to hit the fan, they just leave. And I'm like, what? That's it? Like, yeah, my character leaves. It just goes out. And it's like, or in the worst case scenario, it's like, oh, my character doesn't want to do this no more. And he shoots himself in the head. I'm like, uh kind of defeats the purpose of this game <laughs> i'm gonna tell you right now probably after we play for a bit i'm probably gonna be predictable so you'll probably figure out <laughs> like my moves or whatever i think well the thing is i think what would be cool is uh if you do enjoy once we play this game there is i have a few like i know exactly what i'm probably gonna get you for christmas which would probably be like be some kind of starter set for some okay. kind of RPG system. That way, it'll give you the ability to, to if you want to run something, you can read through it and run it as a GM. But usually, yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. Because my thing is usually what ends up happening is that, you know, I'll play for some, I'll be the GM for some people, and if they show enough interest in it, then I'll buy them like a starter set or something, something to kick off their role playing okay. journey. But there's a lot to explore. I mean, there's also the one we're running where all, we're, trying to run this weekend which is twilight 2000 i think we were talking about it at work the other time most mm -hmm. apocalyptic world war three your oh, left okay. continent and it's just like it's, it's hitting a little home because it's slightly depressing as a series because literally it just means that oh yeah we're all like 
we've all nuked, almost nuked each other into like obliteration, and it's like literally the Russians are still the Russians, and you know, trying to make it back home alive from Europe somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's 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 a slightly depressing one. There's definitely some depressing RPGs that are kind of like, you know, you're fighting against all odds and stuff, and it kind of can get depressing as a series or as an RPG. There's also other ones that are like, like the zombie one I was telling you about, um, All the Brain, All Flesh Must Be Eaten, or the, what was it called? The other one was called Survival or something like that. It was another art zombie RPG. That was the one that I told you you shouldn't model your character after yourself. Because you don't know how you're going to react to me describing you dying. (laughs) Because it's not like, oh, you're dead. It'll be like me, you know, in gruesome detail describing how these zombies are, like, ripping you apart and eating your intestines and everything. So it's like, it's kind of visceral. But then at the same time, though, it's like, I don't know how you will react to that. Like, reaction could be from, like, eh, to darn it, to, oh, my God. I cry like describing your own death like you very very emotional i don't know how you're gonna react i really don't so trying to like be the the level fields here so at least with this one i'm not gonna go too grotesque but you know it's gonna have to be done if you do die in the series but yeah so that's one of the things that are coming up so just keep everybody who's listening tonight keep an eye out for the episode her special anniversary episode that'll be coming up hopefully in august you said right yeah august pretty soon and hopefully we'll have some special guests hopefully if we can get them you want to just do one mono mono yeah okay so hopefully if everybody enjoys this you guys upvote the video it'll it'll convince alexa to start doing more of these things as her like some of her podcast sessions. And I her- was gonna ask you if you wanted to do more after this, like, uh, like do more, like what video oh. podcast? You mean, oh, you mean make tonight? Or are you talking about in general? Well, that's right, just in general. Yeah, just I'm general. totally down with it. Just gotta make the time for it. Yeah, yeah. But just it's just it's also I need like time to write down a few things too, like especially exactly. what we're gonna be discussing about. But um, yeah, um. And then hopefully, um, I don't know, we might be starting up our own podcast on Sunday. Maybe we'll have special guest Alexa if she, well, I don't know. She, she's right. You're rarely ever like off on the days that we probably will be doing yeah. this Sunday. I usually work on Sundays. So if I do that, then I'd have to probably request off or something. Okay, hold on. So you don't have that much on YouTube though, right? You have mostly it on Spotify? On Spotify, yeah. Okay, I'm not, she said she's gonna take you check your YouTube. I'm like, check, go to Spotify. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, like, um, if you, um, what is it called? Hopefully, if we get, you know, if we get the our podcast rolling on the Sundays, hopefully one day Alexa will be uh, Alexa will be joining us. Twenty One <laughs> Sessions will be joining us on a special collab episode of our what is it called? I think tentatively our 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 podcast is gonna be called Michi's Toy Box After Dark. Oh, okay. Or it's going to be just called, like, what is it called? The Michi's Toy Box Podcast. And it's just going to be us, like, talking to random stuff while playing tabletop games. Oh, okay. we, that's what we do. We, we literally do that, or we do some other kind of shenaniganry once one way or another. But um, I definitely think um, in October, or no, it's going to be next year when it comes out. We might do a special Halloween episode this year um, where it'll be, uh, we might be doing, uh, we might play a board games. So, depending on what days you have off, we might do a special, like, 
we might do a special day where we record and we'd like to have some special guests along with us for this very momentous occasion for our for our podcast for this year but stay tuned um you have you have other things you wanted to discuss today as we if you want to do a second half it's up to you no this actually seems to be doing pretty good on the skype so i haven't had any problems yet so far okay so i think we're at what um an hour 16 how long is your podcast usually so if i just do it by myself talking it's usually 30 30 to 40 minutes, depending on what it is I'm talking oh about. Look at, look at all that extra content I got you. <laughs> Past one hour already. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's up to you if you got any more talking points. If not, then, you know. We I, was, I was just going to ask you, did you watch the Batman movie? No, I did not. The one with, um, what's his name? The sparkling, sparkling uh, vampire boy, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. dude. I've yet to watch it. I heard it was really good. Um, the assistant, I, our, our assistant manager said it was, it was really good, but she wouldn't watch it. I didn't care for it. Really? I, I no. Oh yeah, and tonight's um on that subject of comic book movies. Tonight's the last episode of Moon Knight. Oh, is it really? Yeah, series finale is episode six. That was fast. Yeah, I mean the, one, the the our assistant manager says that he that he has a have you been keeping up with it? Yeah, I've watched it so every episode so far, yeah. Oh my god, like <laughs> I enjoyed Conchu's like commentary on everything. Yeah. Uh but I he said he um our assistant manager thinks that it's all in his head that he's not gonna be canon in the MCU because they never mentioned any of the gods, they never mentioned or they never mentioned the Eternals, they never mentioned any of the um the Avengers. And I was like, I mean he could exist in a universe where the Avengers don't exist, and then when they do the snap, that my my theory is that this takes place prior to the snap. So when you know Infinity War and Endgame takes place. And right. then when that happens, because it blends all the universes together into one now, because of that, now, you know, Moon Knight is going to be in here in the series now as like a mainstay character now, which I want. I really want there, him to be, you know, a mainstay character because Moon Knight is very interesting as a character. Just uh, it's the first I've seen that where a character has like multiple personality disorder. Right. And that guy that plays it, he does really good at it, too. Uh, Oscar Isaac, yeah, he does really well. Um, if uh, only other ones that I would say that he does well in is, um, if you ever watched the Netflix movie, have you watched Extraction? Or not Extraction? What is it called? Um, what's the name of that? He's in a Netflix movie. I forget what it's called. It's an original movie too. But it's not Extraction. It was called. Triple Frontier. Ah, oh, it sounds familiar. I think that's I'm the right. one that has a Ben Affleck them in it. Oh, that one, yeah, I seen that one. That one was good. Yeah, that one was pretty good. Um, Oscar Isaac is a really good actor. Most people just know him as Poe Dameron. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is this is his breakout role. Um, but yeah, I think I really, I really hope Moon Knight becomes more part of the MCU now that um. Now that they've done the series. Um, I haven't watched Morbius. I kind of want to, but a lot of people are saying it's not good. I'm like, okay, well, I kind of want to see Morbius because it's a vampire. It's a vampire Marvel movie. I haven't heard of that one yet. Morbius? Yeah. Uh, um, I think it's 
it's the same studio. Oh, not. I don't think it's. Oh no, it might be Sony. But um, Morbius is the. It's um. Yeah, he's a Mar. He's a Marvel vampire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually um, if you know you know Blade. Yeah. Blade is um Marvel as well. Oh, is it? I believe Marvel. Yeah. Are you talking about this one? I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Blade is a Blade is a Marvel character. Oh, that is? Yeah. Oh. Oh man, yeah. So um if you ever watched the amazing was it the amazing Spider-Man, the animated series that is in the nineteen nineties? Um that one had Morbius was one of the arch or the enemies that um, Peter Parker would face. Okay. Um, it is also in the trailer that they showcase um, Spider-Man Homecoming. If you remember, um, what's his name? The guy who played. Um, you remember Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the guy who played the Vulture. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's seen in the um in in the in the Morbius trailer too as well. Oh, okay. So he exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Um, which also begs the question if Venom does also exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well, because there's a scene where he jokes, like, I guess he's stopping a bank robber, and he's like, what are you? He's just like, and he literally says, I is a, I am Venom. <laughs> and then he growls at him, he's like, no, he's like, no I'm just kidding, it's just it's Dr. Michael Morbius. So it's like, so it's like, okay, well, that must exist in the same universe, I guess, as you know, um, you know, as Venom and you know, Spider-Man: Homecoming. So I'm really looking forward to how you guys are gonna do. Um, I think Fantastic Four is supposed to be in this one as well. Oh, they're coming out with another one. Yeah. Well, the Marvel version of Fantastic Four, like actually Marvel doing Fantastic Four. Okay. Um, because the last two I think were Sony. Yeah. Yeah. So then, then after I'm do I'm hoping that we do get more other. We're gonna get other movies like Multiverse of Madness looks interesting. Um, Thor. Did you see the trailer for uh, Thor? Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. No, not yet. I haven't seen. Uh, it. I think what is her name? Natalie Portman's coming back in that one. Oh, is she? Uh, let me see. Yeah, so, uh, where is it? Yeah. Uh, so late. So they did do, or uh, was it Jane Foster in a different alternate version of the MCU becomes um like a female version of Thor. Oh. So and and they tease that like oh you know. Um, Natalie Portman is like cast already, so they're probably gonna do like because you know, they're gonna do uh, Lady Thor, and everybody thought that oh, this is speculation. So the trailer dropped, and then they showed like um, it was the hammer going to not Thor, but it was going to Lady Thor. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's gonna be really interesting because it's it, it seems like it's Thor, it's Thor's story about figuring out who he is as a person post. Um. Endgame, because if you remember correctly, in Endgame, he leaves with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. 
So it's kind of like, I think it's going to be him just figuring out his place in everything now that kind of like all the, everything is kind of, you know, finished pretty yeah. much. Right? So, place. Um, oh, actually, let me look up what phase we're in. I think we're in Marvel phase five. I don't know how you and Mark keep up with all this stuff. Well, whenever they have a D23 Expo, or this is when the you know the, the Disney has an expo every year that they announce you know what the what the D23 or you know um what is it called yeah they have um they have an expo every year and they have a Marvel panel that announces that um that announces what the what the upcoming films are going to be so. Mm-hmm. In phase four, which was no, that was oh, actually we're at the we're at the end of phase four. So phase four was supposed to have Black Widow, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Eternal, Shang Chi, Wandavision, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, and Thor: Love and Thunder. I think. I think oh yeah, and there okay, so here we go, phase four. So. Some of the ones we're getting, we're still working on, I think is going to be, um, so let's see, Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther 2, mm. Captain Marvel 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, uh, Blade, Quantum, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and Fantastic mm. Four in 2023. The Disney Plus series that we're going to be getting this year is going to be called, is going to be WandaVision, which already came out. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki. What if later? Well, it's gonna be this year, I think. It's gonna be Miss Marvel. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with that character. Not really. Uh, sort of. It's the um, what her name is um, uh, but basically her thing is that she can stretch and enlarge, like kind of like um, Mr. Fantastic. If I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Hawkeye already got done. She-Hulk is another one that's going to be coming out. Um, if I remember correctly, She-Hulk was, it was Bruce Banner's cousin needed a blood transfusion and then Banner gives her blood. But then the reason, the reason why it's kind of screwy is that, you know, obviously Bruce Banner has irradiated blood and he can turn into a Hulk, right? So her thing is that she doesn't Hulk out. She just normally is green. She's like a hyper-intelligent version of like the Hulk. She has all most of Hulk's attributes, except she doesn't rage out. She can oh. actually keep her, you know, she actually can think. Keep it together. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that there is well, Moon Knight's currently ongoing. Secret Invasion, Iron Heart, Armor Wars, I Am Groot, and the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, which I kind of question if that is really actually a thing. Yeah, so okay, never mind. So this is I kind of am interested in seeing She-Hulk. She-Hulk does sound like an interesting series on Disney Plus. Um Love and Thunder though does look really good though. Mm. Um if you ever, if you watch this if you watch the trailer for it, it looks really good. Um just cuz I think just everybody wants another Thor movie and then it's like the only other movie that I've recently seen with with, Hem- with Chris Hemsworth in it was a uh, freaking another Netflix movie called Extraction, oh. which is kind of a depressing ass movie. That was, I saw that one, yeah. That was pretty good though. I like the action sequences in it. But I 
think that is it for comic book related stuff other than yeah basically it's just moon night right now i mean the only other nerdy things i can get into is stuff that we'll be talking about on my other podcasts but yes that i guess will conclude tonight i guess unless you got anything else left in the tank nope that was pretty much it all right uh, make sure that you have recorded everything that we're getting yeah. the video or the audio. Yeah, so everything is good. So I just got to download it and then upload it onto Spotify. Oh, yeah. Right. So the good thing is that I can upload it onto Spotify and the video would just play from there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Wait, Spotify can actually support video now? Yeah. Sweet. Okay, yeah. that's cool. I'm just going to, yeah, upload it onto there and then see how it goes and then just watch it from there if anything okay sounds good i will see you later yeah thank you have a good night you too